Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world, grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, we may triumph in the power of his victory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 37, beginning at the first verse. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves, and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord, when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and will act, says the Lord. The Gospel reading is from John's Gospel, chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. A certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill, so the sisters sent a message to Jesus. 
Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. 
It was a cave, and the stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Have you ever felt disappointed and frustrated with God? Is the reality of what you are experiencing in the most difficult of times what you expected as a Christian? Sometimes God's apparent lack of response to our needs, our deep suffering and mourning can be part of something that leads to a loss of faith leaving us feeling empty. It's not always easy stuff to admit, even to ourselves, but it is something we can journey through with a little patience and often with a lot of support from others. I read that St Francis once stood up to preach looked at the faces before him and said, God has not given me anything to say to you before sitting down again. To be honest, I can sympathise with him. There's some stuff that Jesus does in today's gospel which is difficult to fully explain. So you may have to fill in a few of the gaps based upon what makes sense to you. There's certainly people in the story who could have really felt that God had gone missing or Jesus had gone missing at the time when they needed him most. Thinking about these sort of difficult subjects, it's there's a lot of stuff that's hard to understand and occasions when God feels absent. And we shouldn't feel that we have to hide these dark times. God is still there and I'm sure that he wants an honest relationship with us, even if it's to question what he's up to. It may be appropriate to make it clear to God that we have needs he has not yet met and pray that in doing so we can bring our whole selves before him and build a relationship perhaps similar to that which we might have with a trusted friend. Let's look at the Gospel reading and some of the things going on. We have Mary, the woman who anoints Jesus' feet with perfume and wipes them with her hair. Her sister, Martha, and her brother, 
Lazarus, Lazarus, and he's obviously the one who is ill. The sisters message Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. There's no mention of any call to action for Jesus. The sisters don't say, please help, come here, ASAP. They're relying on a response based in love. Think of how we would each respond if a loved one were in dire need. It needs no further explanation. I can follow the sisters' logic, but Jesus' reaction is a bit more difficult to understand. Firstly, he stays two days longer where he was. There's no explanation why or what he was doing for these two days. His love for Lazarus and his sisters is clearly stated, yet Jesus stays put until Lazarus is dead. After two days, he says to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. These words were probably about as well received as if President Macron was telling his security staff that he and King Charles would like to take a walk along the Place de la Concorde this weekend. No doubt in the case of Jesus, the disciples also considered his idea a bit of a security risk. Uh, do you remember what happened last time when we were there recently? The Jews seemed to get really angry and were about to stone you. But Jesus knows that time is running out and that he has to press on with his work, refusing to be intimidated or distracted by threats from others. He explains to the disciples that Lazarus is dead and that for their sake he was glad that he wasn't there when he died. His behaviour could be seen as increasingly irrational at this stage. Thomas boldly proclaims, let us also go that we may die with him. He's right that Jesus will eventually get killed, but not as he expects. Four days have passed before Jesus arrived to find Martha and Mary, understandably inconsolable. They trust in his healing power and can't understand why he didn't come to help them. Waiting for anything can be tedious and stressful. None of us enjoy waiting, queuing at the supermarket, waiting for the AA when your car has broken down. It always seems to be raining, doesn't it? Waiting for medical results or even an ambulance for someone in dire need. So can you imagine being certain that someone could save your loved one and not hearing from them for days? Without all the means of communication we now have, you wouldn't know if they were delayed for good reason or not coming at all. I expect that many of us have walked into a hospital or a home in similar circumstances to those which Jesus encountered 
with ideas of what we might do or say, only to be hit by the tangible grief. All we can initially do in this setting is become a fellow mourner as we feel the sense of loss and empathise with those in pain. Maybe in those times when we feel God is absent in our suffering, it could help to recall that even Jesus, when faced with the sadness and loss, is moved to tears and began to weep. Jesus, who is about to demonstrate the power of God over death, reacts as the compassionate, loving human that he is, as he shares in the pain of those around him. We know that this is typical of God's nature, sharing in our grief, being troubled and caring, but at the same time offering us hope beyond what seems a hopeless situation. Words from Psalm 56 tell us that God takes such great interest in each one of us that he puts our tears in a bottle. In our Old Testament reading, God explains to Ezekiel that the dry bones represent the house of Israel. Their absence from the Jerusalem temple closes off any possibility of seeking God. and For them, this means that they are as good as dead. The piles of dry bones brought back to life demonstrates that God is present outside the temple and gives them a new understanding and hope for the future. I've got an old King James version of the Bible which my dad gave me and I like to think that my great-grandfather, a deacon in the church in Wales, used it when he preached. In any case, there are blue markings all over this story, so certainly someone has been pondering the same things that we are trying to unpack today. Reading from it, the more familiar and profound words are simply, Jesus wept. It continues, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead for days. Jesus thanks his father for hearing him so that the crowd know where his power comes from and calls Lazarus, come out. It's not actually written anywhere in John's account, but the implication is that when the stone was rolled away, that actually, to the surprise of all present, Lazarus stinketh not. He had been restored to life and was able to respond to Jesus' command. Looking back on the two days when Jesus stayed put, it seems likely that he was praying, discerning God's will, and preparing in ways we will never fully know for the work that lay ahead. 
when really tough, potentially life-changing or even potentially life-ending challenges present themselves to us. We often pray that we will know that God will be there to journey with, with us wherever it may end. We often pray that God will be with those who mourn loved ones and that they might sense him alongside them. When we reach these depths of despair, the story of Lazarus might actually be one that we want to revisit. We're taking steps together through Lent, leading to Palm Sunday and Holy Week. Before we can get to Easter, we're reminded that although some of the bystanders believe, others go and report Jesus to the authorities. And we're reminded of the cost of God's love for each one of us. Amen. And so we pray together in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Christ give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.